Well, this morning, the title of our sermon is What's in Your Boat? And we're gonna get to the boat part in a minute. But I just wanna remind you, as we've gone through 1 Peter, that Jeff set us up at the very beginning with the history. Uh, This letter written to the church, probably between 62 and 64, it's to people who are spread out, they are separated. Does that sound familiar? It sounds familiar to me. And Peter is reminding them that they are precious, that they are chosen by God. Peter, he's the rock. I love Peter, you know why? Because Peter's like me, he mucks it up a whole bunch in the kingdom. He says, Jesus, never will I leave or forsake you, and then pretends he doesn't know the Lord. Peter's such a good, uh, helpful individual and a character for us to understand that we are like this, that we are chosen and beloved, and yet we make mistakes and fall. So wherever you are today, I hope you will be encouraged by Peter and his words to us. Today, I'm gonna ask you to get out your Bible, however you like to read the Bible, if that's on your phone or your laptop, if you printed the PDF that was on our website. And I'd like to invite you to do something different. I'm gonna ask you to stand with me as we read God's word together. Just one more way of feeling like we are participating in God's word. I know it feels weird to sing alone at home. I do it every week myself when I'm not here in the building, but standing and reading together. And if you have children with you, it is just a reminder to them that we get to honor God's word. So join with me. We're gonna read 1 Peter 4, beginning at verse seven. 1 Peter 4, I'm giving you some time. See how kind I am? I'm giving you some time to find that passage. 1 Peter 4, verses seven through 11. This, my friends, is God's word to us. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. You say amen with me. Thanks for standing with me. I can see you on the screens. You may all be seated. God bless you. You know, this word is resonant with what Jeff said to us at the very outset of this sermon series. He said it this way. He said, you have got, and he did this with his hands, you have got everything you need to be God's person in the midst of this time of suffering. Friends, that is the truth, and I hope you believe it this day. Look back at verse seven. The end of all things is near. This sounds really foreboding, right? We don't talk this way. And what does he mean by this? Be alert and of sober mind. Well, here is where our English translations sort of miss some of what's implied in the Greek. The words are more complex. And the word there is hoplizo. And that means to be prepared, to be sober and alert, means to be prepared in body and in mind. Another place we see this in the scriptures is when Paul is in prison. He is prepared in mind. He is hoplizo. And so he is so confident that God's gonna come rescue him. We find Paul and Silas taking a nap in prison. I mean, I don't think I'd be napping, friends. I trust God, but I'm no Paul. So this is what it means. It means to be prepared in heart and in mind. Here's my question. 
Why would we want to do that? Well, the verse tells us, the end of verse 11, the goal is that in all things, God will be praised through Jesus Christ. Amen and amen, the scripture says. Well, what about you? What about me? Can we trust God's promise even in the dark, even in the darkness of this season? We can, but we trust, we learn to trust by practicing. And so some of you know what I'm about to say, that practice makes permanent. Say that with me. Practice makes permanent. Thank you to those of you moving your mouths with me. This is why Paul could trust. It is why Peter trusts, because in other times of darkness and in times of light, they have trusted in God's goodness. The message version, verses 10 and 11, reads this way, and I love this translation. It says, most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Friends, we are discovering in this season of disruption and in this season of separation, our lives do depend on the love of God and the love of God expressed to one another, to our neighbors and to our friends. He says, be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Be generous, and I love this, with the different things God gave you, passing them around so all get in on the goodness. If words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus Christ, and he'll get the credit as the one mighty in everything. On course to the end of time, oh yes. Do you notice these, are, we are not conjuring up gifts ourselves. The God's gifts of grace that have been given to us, that's what we're invited to give away in love to one another. It says this, verse 10, the NIV again, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as a faithful steward. We'll talk in a couple minutes about what stewardship means and what it looks like. I was on the phone with my dear friend Shelly last week and she said something fabulous to me. She said, you know, Courtney, we were talking about COVID-19 and the impact on our families, her business, her husband's business, our friends, and in fact, the impact on the whole world. And she said, Court, you know, we're all in the same storm but each one of us is in a different boat. We're all in the same storm, but each one of us is in a different boat. Now, maybe you have heard that before, but it was the first time I heard the phrase, and I think in word pictures, it's how the Holy Spirit talks to me. And so, yeah, pop that, pop that slide up. Some of you feel like this is what's happening to your boat right now, right? The storm is doomsday. You're in a whirlpool and there is no getting out. Or maybe some of you feel like this. I found this and I know this is not what they're doing, but these boats sort of look like they're social distancing to me, right? There are no masks, but they're staying far apart. And that's a little bit how it feels to me in my world. I don't feel like I'm going down in the whirlpool, but darn, the people feel just beyond my reach a lot these days. My question for you today is this. What's in your boat? God has, God's grace has been given to you to steward in abundance. And some of you are sitting there right now and you are rejecting outright what I'm saying. Please don't turn off your screen. You're going, Courtney, I have got nothing in my boat. I'm empty. I don't have anything left to give. If that's true for you, I'm going to ask you to hang in there with us as we look at this passage. Even on the days we feel like our boat is empty, God is holding us. There's a young painter named Scott Erickson. In fact, his uh, handle is 
Scott the painter. And I came across this painting of his. I have a couple of books with his work in it. But I want you to look at this painting and see if this resonates with you. Though the boat in this painting is empty and the waters truly look like they're swirling to me, you'll notice that God's powerful, majestic, enormous hands are holding the boat and the stormy seas. So if today you don't feel like you have a gift of grace, I hope you will hold on to this image. You can text me or call me or shoot me a quick email, CourtneyEmeryCovenant.org, and I'll put you in touch with Scott and his work. It has held me up a lot over the years. So each one of us has endured some kind of loss during this season. Maybe it's been hard for you in this time to go to God's word. But God's word says to us, it will not return void. And Lisa Bennett gave us a great example of this last week. Lisa, who has been in a time of loss and pain following the death of her husband, shared with us that knowing God's word from decades ago has upheld her. She said, it's been my anchor and my comfort. What a beautiful image. So friends, I encourage you, I exhort you to continue to allow God's word to be your guide. You might not feel it, but you need it. I need it. Peter is in this section of the book pleading with these people who've known great hardship. They're weary. They've been separated, right? The diaspora has spread them out like us. But he's reminding them, even though they are spread out, they are still called and chosen by God. A a pastor friend of mine has a great image for this. It was super helpful for me. He said, it's a little like a farmer with a handful of seeds, and he casts the seeds out across the land. Now, that might seem unintentional where those seeds land, but each seed where it lands and is planted is useful in that space. So too are we in this season. Wherever you are at this moment of your life, whether you've had to move home with your parents because your job went away, whether you are exhausted of being with your spouse at home, you are under God's care and in God's sight, even in this time. God takes what little we have and uses it for his glory. There are several places in the Bible where God says something like this, what do you already have? My question today, what's in your boat? Well, how about let's go all the way back to Moses in Exodus 3. Some of you maybe have preached on this. Moses is out minding his own business, tending to his father-in-law's sheep. And what happens? There's a burning bush. The bush starts talking to him. This is weird. This has never happened before. God starts interacting with Moses. He pleads with him, go, save my people. They need your help. And Moses says, I got nothing. I got nothing. And God asks him this question, what's in your hand? Dude, okay, what's in his hand? A staff. It's a stick, right? Essentially, it's a stick. It doesn't look like very much to Moses. But God knows better. And God says, throw it down, and it becomes a snake. And he picks it up, and it becomes a stick again. See, God will take whatever we already have in our hand. And in fact, Moses needed that snake, that stick, that stick to help free God's people. God gave him the truth. He said, you say, I am sent you, and you take that stick and you go. All right, how about Jesus? We see uh, in Matthew 14, 19, Jesus is teaching to the people that are on the hillside. They've been out there for days listening to him. He must have been very interesting. And 
the disciples are about to send them away and Jesus goes, no, 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 they're gonna pass out on the road if we send them away right now. We've gotta feed these people. And the disciples, you know, well, ever ambivalent. They say, oh, well, you know, we don't have enough. We don't have enough. And Jesus says this, what do you have? What do you already have? And they said, well, we got, uh, you know, five loaves and two fish. Not a lot. And you all know the story, especially if you have been in Sunday school recently, kiddos, you know this story. Jesus takes what they have. He thanks God for it. He blesses it, he breaks it. They eat and eat and eat and eat and there are seven baskets left over. There's so much abundance in God's economy. You know, friends, generosity is part of God's character. Each one of us has received a gift that we can give away. What's in your boat? We are giving God's grace for the moment, grace for today, grace for this week, grace for this month, grace for the season of COVID. Look at your scripture again. Each of you should use whatever gift, this is 410, whatever gift you have received to serve others. So in the middle of this storm, what gift have you received that you should steward? We often think in the church of stewardship as having to do with money, but stewardship isn't just about money. A steward is one who's entrusted with something that belongs to another. And friends, every good and perfect gift we have has come from God. That means everything we have is God's. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift has come from above, from God, the Father of heavenly lights. Those gifts are useful for the good of others and for God's glory. It is actually our responsibility to steward these gifts wisely. We are not designed to live this life alone. We serve and love the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who function in perfect unity, like a beautiful dance. They never step on one another's toes because each one brings their unique and special gift to the Trinity. We too are called to journey together, each one of us bringing our special gift. We're gonna go to Ecclesiastes 4. Friends, if you don't ever read the message version, I will tell you opening Ecclesiastes was interesting for me. I love this. From 4, 9 through 12. It is better to have a partner than go it alone. Share the work, share the wealth. And if one falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, oof, tough. Two warm a bed, two in a bed warm each other. Alone, you shiver all night. By yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope is not easily snapped. Friends, I have felt unprotected, alone, and snappable. But I will tell you that in those times, God's gifts of grace through others have blessed me. As Penny would say, God shows up with skin on in another person. The Gifts of grace that God gives us, that's a lot of G's for me, the gifts of grace that God gives us are actually enumerated in scripture. There are too many of them to talk all about today. They come from Romans 6, Ephesians 4, and 1 Corinthians 12. Let's just look at the first three for a moment. We get to encourage one another or exhort. 
Perhaps you've been given the gift of evangelism, which means to share the good news of Jesus' love. Or maybe you have faith or certainty in uncertain times. Just three more for this morning. Perhaps your spiritual gift is giving or investing or hospitality and welcome or teaching and coaching. I'll give you some simple examples of these. All right, encouraging and exhorting. Um, I like this idea to practice what you've got handy. We all have a smile. Even behind your mask, I can tell you're smiling because your eyes light up. It's glorious, by the way, to see your faces right now without your masks on. It's a total gift to me. Thank you. I want to kiss all of you. Um, but what do you have? Maybe a kind word. Maybe a good question for the clerk at Trader Joe's. You can make a difference in someone's life with those small things. What about sharing the good news, evangelism of Jesus' love? Maybe you're really good at writing cards and you know someone who, f who feels like their boat is empty. Could you write them a card and fill their boat up just a little bit with God's love and God's grace? That would be a way to share God's gift of grace. Faith or certainty in uncertain times. This speaks, um, when we speak about God's confidence in God's character, even though times are hard. And some of you know, part of my story is that I went through a really difficult divorce. And uh, the short version is this, we, a lot of things were unknown. And so my daughters and I practiced speaking the truth about God out loud. So we would say, um, oh, the college funds disappeared, semicolon, and Jesus knows that. Um, there's a foreclosure notice on the front door, and we don't know if we're going to be able to stay in the house, semicolon, and Jesus knows that. We said that so often that my older daughter, Emma, actually has that phrase, semicolon, and Jesus knows that, tattooed on her arm in my handwriting. And I will tell you, it is stunning for me to see it every time she visits. I want you to see her arm. It is a living reminder of God's faithfulness to us, to our family. I will confess that my younger daughter and I also each have a semicolon, but not the whole phrase. We can talk about that on a different day. What about giving or investing? We talk about stewardship here at Marine Covenant. I want you to know that there is no gift too small or too large. And when we're generous with Marine Covenant or the Marine Food Bank or with Hamilton School, we're modeling for our children and actually for our world the abundant, generous God whom we love and serve. Hospitality and welcome. We have this in spades at MCC. I sort of can't get over it. Um, you know, I'm the pastor of Connections. I've just been here about a little over a year. This church is so hospitable and warm. I know of one family that delivers flowers to people, even right now during COVID. I know someone who bakes for people who can't bake. That's me, I don't bake, I love receiving baked goods. But there are small things we can do. All right, here's, here's I think the most significant one. What about the gift of teaching and coaching? Friends, look around at all these Hollywood square boxes on the Zoom call. We've got a lot of families with little people and guess what? Those parents are being asked to work their job, parent and teach school at home all at the same time. Could you offer your time to read to one of those children? Or perhaps you could tutor them in math or play a game outside with them, socially distanced and in safety. What gift do you have that you could offer another? We're gonna take just a couple of minutes 
I'm going to ask them to put up on the screen those six gifts. The band's going to play under. I want you to take two minutes, and I have a challenge or an invitation. Whichever one you need, you take it that way. I want you to pick one of those six that resonates with you, and then I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to bring two names to mind. Who are two people you could bless with God's good gifts of grace in the week ahead? Take a couple minutes. Friends, Linda is going to lead us in a song, and I love the line in the song that says this, show me who you are, God, and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. As we sing, I'm going to invite you to just jot into the chat today, either the gift of grace you want to share or perhaps just the first name or names of the people that God is inviting you to bless this week with your gifts of grace. The book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 23 says this, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Let us do that together. Amen. <laughs>